0: Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platt County High School in Platt City, Missouri. Father, in the times where we cannot see you, which is maybe too many to number, we want to believe, we want to have faith to know that you are right there with us and that though we think that you're not, God, you're guiding us this entire way through this thing called life. God, we know that you're present with us here today. You're tethered to us because of the fact that you created us. You knit us together in our mother's womb, and you know all the days of our life, even before we were born. And you knew we'd be in this place today. Um, And we're grateful for that. So, thank you for being a good, faithful father. Let me just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so excited just to kind of do a little something different than we've done before um, as a church. And a couple Sunday nights ago, we got together with uh, the board of our church, just a few of us, and we just prayed, like, God, what do you, you want to do? What do you want to say next? We kind of gone through a, a little series about the Old Testament and some characters in the Old Testament. It's like, God, what do you want to say next? And the names of God just kind of kept coming up, and there's many, many ways to reference um, God. You know, I, I don't know what names you have for your own dad. Um, maybe some of them aren't appropriate to repeat here in church, um, but, you know, I my My kids just call me dad, Um, pops maybe occasionally or whatever. Um, But there's so many names, so many names of God. There's many redemptive names. And some of of them that we'll look at is one is called Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace, to name a few. As a matter of fact, you're going to be hearing more about all those in the coming weeks. In fact, when Moses... I love this. It says, when Moses met God at the burning bush, God told him, he goes, my name is I am that I am. And then just a a way for you to reference this and kind of think about what that means to kind of maybe frame the rest of this time together. This means God is what we need him to be when we need him to be it. Do you hear that? In your situation, in your life, God is what you need him to be right when you need him to be it. Sometimes you need him to be a disciplinarian. Sometimes you need spanked. Right? Yeah, especially you guys. I'm not looking at you, David. I'm just looking. Yeah, I, I saw you. there. Anyway. Sometimes we need to be disciplined. Sometimes we need to be held and comforted. Even us guys, we need to be coddled and, and held in his arms. And so we're going to just jump in, jump right in. We're going to make sure I get this right. Is that right? There we go. Let's go back first. Just make sure you see this. The faithful God, Imunah. Imuna, Imunah, depending on who pronounces it. Uh, Tony Evans, if you know who Tony Evans is, he says Imunah. So I'm going to go with Tony, all right, today. So he's the strong. He's completely reliable. We can trust him completely in this life and in our eternal destiny. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it makes all the difference in the world. I did a funeral yesterday for a family that had really no faith background. It's just hard. It's just so hard. Don't make me lie about you at your funeral. All right? Just don't do that. Just make sure you know that we have a God who is faithful, and he wants us to be faithful to him. And so the first thing we're going to look at is, is in this place in Deuteronomy chapter 7. The faithful God. It says, for you are holy, a holy people belonging to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. Now, he's speaking to the people of Israel. But here's the cool thing. By our faith, and we'll dig deeper into this in just a little while. By our faith in Jesus, we are literally grafted into the promises of God. Can I get an amen? All right, you, you, it is like unbelievable the inheritance that is for us and the things that are available to us as followers of Jesus Christ. It is powerful. We need to wrap our mind around it as much as we can. So we are his chosen people to be his possession. It says in verse 7, The Lord had his heart set on you and chose you, not because you were more numerous than all peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your fathers, he brought you out with a strong hand, redeemed you from the place of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Uh, Just, by the way, we'll jump to the end of the sermon. There is no greater slavery than sin. And Jesus Christ brings us out of that slavery and gives us new life. All right? Man, that that has to make you feel good. Know that the Lord your God is God the faithful, the Imanah God who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty, covenant loyalty for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands. All right. So I got a question. What are some places in our lives where we are required to be faithful? Just let me know. Who said that? Marriage. Uh, that's a biggie. All right. Um, yeah. Marriage is huge. That was the first one on my list. All right, where else are you required to be faithful? Work. Yeah, your employer expects you to show up on a regular basis. Josh, even though he's your dad, you're expected to show up. And when you get there, you're expected to do something, all right? To be faithful, steadfast, firm, immovable. Kids, high school kids, raise your hand if you're a high school kid. Raise your hand if you act like a high school kid. Yeah, Yeah, right, there we go. Uh, you are to be a faithful student. Show up on time. Be to class on time, Jesse. Don't be walking around with your girlfriend holding her hand. I saw something. I was here at the school the other day. I saw something really awkward, it, and it gave me this weird feeling in my stomach and reminded me of the days of high school when you're walking with your girlfriend, and you know she expects you to give her a little hug or something like that, but you don't really want to. Because people are like, here's the pastor, and this guy knew me, and here I am, and here's the teacher, and you could just see it in his eyes. He's like, oh, what am I going to do? So they ducked into a little doorway. He gave her this awkward side hug, and then went on his way. I was like, oh, man, I remember those days. Like, because you know, if he does a hugger, he is in trouble. He is going to answer, why didn't you hug me during class, like in the middle of class, like when we were walking in the hallway. Do you not like me anymore? Do you like somebody else? Like, you know, that's what's going to happen. He's in a tough place. (laughs) But he's got to be faithful to his girl, you know. Oh, we got to be faithful to our team. Yeah, amen. We got to represent. (laughs) I got cheap socks on. No, I don't. Actually, they're just gray. (laughs) We got to be faithful. We got to be faithful fans. Some people are so faithful, they're tailgating right now in their their driveway, waiting for the game to start. You know, watching all of the pregame stuff on TV, because they're so faithful. Do you want a faithful friend? Friends you can count on? People like when you need something, like a truck, Justin, Tyler, thank you very much. Hey, I need your truck. You know, it's a faithful friend. Uh, I don't know, this is just a pastor talking. How about being faithful at church? We can count on you to come, to show up, to be available, to not just be seat sitters or warmers or whatever you want to call it, pew warmers, to be faithful participants. We kind of expect that. And God is a faithful, faithful God. So I'm going to, if you have Psalm 36, if you want to turn, if you have your Bible with you, it's a good place to turn, turn, turn to Psalm 36. I love this, this, this uh, contrast in Psalm 36 about God's uh, human wickedness and God's love. There's this contrast between the two. And in verse 5, it turns the corner from like, this picture of like, humanity, the ugliness of humanity, to the beautiful picture of God's faithful love. Look at verse, chap, verse 5, uh, Psalm 36. Lord... Your eminah love, your faithful love teaches or says reaches to heaven. Your faithfulness to the clouds, your righteousness like the highest mountains. Does this sound familiar? Does it sound like a song we just sang? Yes. Your righteousness like the highest mountains, your judgments like the deepest sea. Lord, you preserve people and animals. How priceless your faithful love is, God! Exclamation point. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They are filled from the abundance of your house. Man, what a beautiful, beautiful picture that is. You let them drink from your refreshing stream, for the wellspring of life is with you. By means of your light, we see light. Spread your faithful love over those who know you and your righteousness over the upright in heart. This is a beautiful picture of God's faithfulness. Isaiah 25, 1 says, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name for you have accomplished wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect imanah, with perfect steadfastness. It never failed. It did not fail. His plans were saw through to the end. And he has plans for you and for me. We don't do this a lot, but Lamentations. Have you, read? Have you ever read the book of Lamentations? It's like the prophet Jeremiah, who's the weeping prophet. And he is, he's looking back over the destruction that he saw in Jerusalem, which we've talked about how they rebuilt the temple and then they rebuilt the wall with Nehemiah. Well, Jeremiah was in the midst of it. And he saw the destruction and he was lamenting. He was crying out to the Lord. And then, I love it, where he turns this beautiful corner in verse 21 of chapter 3. He invites people into his pain. And then he presents a picture of the beautiful, faithful God. Just like last week, if you were here, last week, what a beautiful picture of those who said, you know what, I'm going to invite people into my pain. And they came up and they asked for prayer. It's a beautiful picture of what church is supposed to be like. And so in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21, He's talking about all this pain, all this hard stuff that they've gone through. And then he says, yet I call this to mind, therefore I have hope. And here's what he calls to mind. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. All right, a little preview. We're going to sing that song at the end. You better be ready to sing about his faithfulness. Jeremiah says, I say the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. We can stand on the promises of God, right? Does that, make, does that remind you of a song? Remember, Bob, that song, Standing on the Promises? Then we would stop and we're like, All right, so what are some promises we can stand on? And we would stand up and they say, I can stand it. God's going to deliver me. And even though I don't have anything you know, to eat at home, I know God's going to provide. And then somebody from the church shows up with a big bag of groceries, and it's, it's awesome how that all works out. So when you think about this faithfulness of God, we think about Imanah, think about God as a God of faithfulness who works on our behalf. Like he's not a a standstill God, he's a God of action. Okay, and we see this all throughout Scripture. And I'm going to run through just a few things that we see all throughout Scripture. Uh, He covered Adam and Eve with the sacrifice of an animal to cover their shame, and he closed their nakedness. He rescued Noah and his family. He gave a son to Abraham 25 years after he promised... And then Abraham turns around and offers his son back to God, all right? More on that later. More on that later. He provided a sacrifice um, in place of Isaac when Isaac was about ready to be sacrificed. He cared for Joseph in the midst of slavery and prison and then promoted him at just the right time to rescue his people. He spoke to Moses via a burning bush. He set the captives free from Egypt and pretty prof- Pretty amazing ways. He led them in the wilderness as a faithful father, like the like the father running with his daughter, tethered to her. God was with them, fire at night, cloud by day. It says he gave them a promised place to live. He sent kings and judges and prophets to guide them. God is faithful towards us. Not because we deserve it or we've been such good people. He's faithful because he loves us. That's why he is faithful. In fact, he loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son. You guys know that verse? Familiar? Now, we had some kids at youth group on uh, Wednesday night. They, they, they did not know John 3:16 That God loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son. That whoever would believe, all right, think about that word, which is put faith in, to trust in, believe, In this son would not perish but have everlasting life. He's so faithful to us, he gave his own son to cover our sin. That's, as John Piper would say, off the charts, mega love. So we see all the evidence that God has been faithful to us. What about our faithfulness to him? What about our faithfulness back to the one who's been faithful to us? So the primary way we can be faithful is to put our trust or to believe in his son. Ephesians 2 says that we are saved by grace through our faith, through our steadfastness, our belief in Jesus. But it's deeper. I want you to understand it's deeper than a mental ascent to this, just the basic truth of who Jesus is. Or just acknowledge that Jesus existed. Because some people say, oh, yeah, I believe Jesus existed. Yeah, lots of people believe that. It's historical. It's, it's, there's evidence to believe that he existed. And it's deeper than just an adoption of a particular set of beliefs. It's just to say, well, yeah, I believe the basic tenets of Christianity, and, the, and I follow those things, and I have those things in my head. You know, we're going to read the Scripture here in just the end, but I'll just share The demons believed. That Jesus was who he said he was. Did you know that? Even demons believed. And it says they believed and they shuddered by believing this. But their belief did not save them because they didn't possess a committed faithfulness to the Lord. You see what I'm saying? They might have believed, but they weren't committed. They weren't faithful and steadfast to this Jesus who was faithful and steadfast to them. Absolutely not. They didn't follow him at all. They followed a whole other, they were, they were Patriots fans. It's just saying. Sorry, sorry Josh, I could stop wearing that jersey and I won't beat you up so bad. <laughs> All right, when we put our hope and trust, okay, our faith in Jesus, it changes everything. Obviously, it changes our eternal destination, which, praise God, that's a pretty good retirement plan that he has provided for us. But here's the thing. Jesus, because of faith, comes to live in us by the power of the Holy Spirit, all right, in order for us to experience, get this, he wants us to experience the eminah, the faithfulness of God in our lives. He wants us to, to get it, to be able to experience it. And then, all right, once we get it, you know what he wants us to do? He wants to give it away. He wants us to then be faithful to others. When we put our trust in Jesus, the Bible says the old is gone, the new has come. You're made a new creation. You're born again. Okay? A new nature is infused into you. All right? You are not the same any longer. Now, you might struggle with some of the same hang-ups or whatever, and that's probably frustrating to you because it's frustrating to me too. The flesh is still hanging on. But, But in the eyes of God, the faithful God, you're not the same anymore. You are set apart, set on a different track, if you will, a different race to run. His light, remember in Psalm 36, 9 where it says, Um, For the wellspring of life is with you by means of your light, we see light. His light shines in us and then it shines through us for people to experience God's faithful love. You know how people primarily experience God's faithfulness in the earth? It's between you and me. That's a huge responsibility, isn't it? Think about it. As a follower of Jesus, people are experiencing God's faithfulness through your faithfulness. You should, oh, my, wow, whoa, that's heavy. Now, the cool thing is is you don't get to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. He's going to do it with you because he's in you. He's empowering you to do this. Your faithfulness impacts other people. And I'll give you an example. I was was at Starbucks the other day. Surprise. I was at Starbucks the other day. I I had $5.44 left on my gift cards from my birthday. By the way, I'm out. I just want you to know, all right? And I spent almost every penny. I was like, how much is a vanilla latte? Venti. $5.36. Boom, I got $5.44. Let's do it. And while I was there, I ran into a friend of mine, a young man I knew since he was an ornery little middle school kid. Now he's just an ornery big tall guy, he's taller than me now. And so we got to talking and had a great conversation. He's here today. I'm not going to point him out. Um, and we had this incredible conversation, and he was, he was burdened by the look on the manager's face in Starbucks, and he was like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, you know, I'm just stressed, there's just a lot going on, work and everything else, and the light, you could just see the light of the faithfulness of God shining in him and he went back in. I assume he did this. I'll ask him later. I'm probably lying about it now. Maybe he didn't do it. But he went back in and he gave this woman, he had some extra like massage points or something like that. He gave her a massage. No, not physically. He did not give her a massage. Don't do that, all right? That's just weird, all right? Don't do that. Like one of those Christians, I'm going to lay hands on you, (laughs) give you a massage and pray for you. But, you know, he, he blessed this woman. That's the faithfulness of God. Do you think that changed her day? You better believe it did. She had to have been impacted by that. i got to find out later on what happened. All right? Probably should have experienced that before I said that. All right. Here's some truth. Here's some truth. In order to truly and literally live out our faith in a profound way and be as faithful as God is to us, it's going to require you to surrender. And to surrender, it's going to cause you to have faith. It's going to cost you something. And I heard this quote. We were at this luncheon, Brady and Justin and I were at this luncheon. When we fully surrender ourselves to a faithful God, He starts to write His sovereign story on your hearts. I have a question for you Are you satisfied with your story so far? Are you satisfied with how your story of faith is going so far in your life? If not, are you ready for a plot twist? Are you ready for a change? I mean, like in Lamentations, kind of like this thing I remember and it gives me hope. Are you ready for a change? Are you ready for a different direction? Well, so I talked about it's going to cost you something. And I'm not talking just about money. But let me just be real with you. I want you to ask yourselves, are you being faithful to the Imanah God, the faithful God? Are you being faithful to him when it comes to your finances? I'll just be real. This summer was a hard summer for our church. Giving has been down. And it's never been that way. And I don't know why. We have more people coming and less people giving. Now, I don't know if it's because, well, we don't get a tax write-off anymore. You know, if that was the reason you were giving, that's the wrong reason. Let me just tell you, that's the wrong reason. This is not a ploy to guilt you into giving. It is is an opportunity for you to see the faithfulness of God and watch him blow your mind. And it was interesting, we got into a conversation, a text messaging conversation. I was actually kind of on the outside looking in, watching it happen. And man, the Holy Spirit was convicting a brother about not not giving faithfully and then not costing him something. You know, here's the thing, though. We could have a church full of people, every single family in the church giving 10% of their income. But the problem is, if we're not living a faithful life, that that doesn't really matter. We need actually both. (laughs) you got to have both. I don't even know what the um, percentage is, but my guess is it's under 10% of the people who biblically tithe, who give faithfully to the church. God is a faithful God, y'all. And he's calling us. He's challenging us to trust him. It's not about trusting Brady. You're not giving to Brady. If people stop giving and the church falls, I'll just go find another job somewhere else. Won't be as fun as this one. Probably have to drive a shuttle bus for an airport hotel or something. I don't know what I'll do. But God is challenging us. He's faithful to the point of giving his own son to die for us. And he's saying, are you faithful to me? And this is just one area. But here's the thing. Check this out. This is an an interesting verse. Jesus has some pretty strong words for the leaders of the religion of the day. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You pay a tenth of mint, dill, cumin, and yet you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And you may be tempted to think, well, okay, well, as long as I'm a a person of justice and a merciful person and a faithful person, then the giving part really doesn't matter. But no, Jesus says, these things should have been done without neglecting the others. It is, here's the deal. God is interested in faithfulness in every area of your life. And so we all have to ask, what area of my life have I not fully surrendered to the Lord? As we finish our time together, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stand. The worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on up. We're going to read James chapter 2, verse 14 through 16 together. And as we read it, I want to give you this this context of this passage of Scripture. You're going to see the word a few different times. One about Abraham and one about a prostitute who was justified. And in this, the, the Greek word for justification, it renders this way. It says, to render, to show, to declare your faith. It is to demonstrate to everyone else around you what has happened on the inside of you. It is for them to see that you are a different person because of Jesus. That you are no longer the same. You don't look at the world the same way. You definitely don't look at death the same way. Praise God. You know? Praise God we don't look at death. But we don't look at every day the same way anymore because we've been infused with the power of the Holy Spirit, God living in us, imanah inside of us, living this faithful life that he's called us to live. We just don't view life the same. James chapter 2, starting in verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? I believe, but yet I'm not really demonstrating in any way my belief. Can such faith save him? Now, this is not a sermon about your works bring you salvation because we just talked about it in Ephesians chapter 2. We're saved by grace through faith. But his grace should radically affect you. It should change everything about you. It says, if a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food and any of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, basically, what good are your words? It's like someone saying, oh, I'll send you good vibes. You know what? Baloney. Don't send somebody good vibes. Get on your knees and pray for them. <laughs> In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, well, you have faith and I have works. Some people give. Some people serve. And like, oh, we all get along fine, right? Right? show me your faith without works and I'll show you faith by my works you believe that God is one good even the demons believe (laughs) and they shudder senseless person are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless wasn't Abraham our father justified by works in offering Isaac his son on the altar Abraham waited 25 years for this son and then God asked him to give him back And he's just basically saying, I want to see how much you really trust me, how much you really believe I am who I say that I am. You see that faith was active together with his works, and by works, faith was made complete, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. The person is declaring the goodness of God. It is being faithful and showing others this goodness that comes from their faith. In the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also justified by works and receiving the messengers and sending them out by a different route? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. We want others to see the difference that the Lord makes in us so that they might glorify their Father in heaven. That's the number one reason. Not so they won't look at you and say, oh, wow, you're such a great giver. You're such a great servant. No, you serve such a great God who is so faithful to you. You can't help but to be faithful to him. Let's pray. Father, move in our hearts. Faithful Father, Move us closer to you today. Help us to keep our eyes open in the world that we live in for opportunities to be faith-filled people to demonstrate the glory and the goodness of a faithful father. I want to ask you right now, if you're here today, and you say, you know what? Uh, Brady, I I can't live that way because I've never fully put my faith and trust in Jesus. I have a head knowledge of Jesus, but I haven't let it get to my heart and it's definitely not affecting my wallet or my feet or my hands or anything else. I need to put my faith and trust in Jesus today. Just boldly right where you're at. Would you just raise your hand and say, I need Jesus today. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Father, right now. Would you fill the void in the lives of those who raise their hands? That they would know more than just a thought. That they would know deep down aside they're no longer the same because they have put their hope and trust in Jesus. Would they confess with their mouth today, Jesus, you are my Lord and I will follow you. Would they believe in their heart, God, that you raised Jesus from the dead? power of the resurrection will be the power that they live by from now on would you burden them with that Lord would you put it on their heart if they haven't already done so that they would put it on their heart to walk through the waters of baptism to bury an old life raised to walk in a new life God if anyone else needs prayer today um, the best place to find it is obviously uh, up here but if you want to just ask somebody close to you say hey I need prayer today you pray for me that's what we're supposed to do as faithful followers of jesus pray for our brothers and our sisters lord so teach us to respond however we need to respond lord right now in the name of jesus amen thanks again for choosing this podcast from the calling community church we hope it leaves you encouraged if you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in jesus please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com, and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.